Welcome in to the Fancy Outcast Podcast. I'm Ryan, and here with me always is the man you should call if you get locked out of the house, Brandon. How's it going? It's going good, sir. Going good. Just another another uh, day of football. Lots of exciting things to talk about. Top 20 receivers in fantasy. Always a good subject to talk about. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing all right. I mean, uh, it's been kind of a slow day in the... NFL news world, N- nothing too crazy. I, I can't think of so <laughs> nothing too crazy. That's where you're wrong, sir. Let's uh, let's get to some of those things. So first thing we've got, um, more noteworthy than anything, but uh, Rogers didn't show up to the OTAs today. Uh, he took a hit money wise by not showing up. I believe this is the first time he hasn't showed up in his career. Um, and meanwhile, he is in Hawaii, uh, singing karaoke and dancing. So, you know, uh, take that how you take that how you will. (laughs) I think uh, I think Rogers is just enjoying himself and not trying to think about Green Bay. And, you know, maybe he's thinking, hey, I like this warm weather stuff. Don't really want to be around all that cheese anymore. Maybe I maybe I go somewhere like Miami. Just saying it'd be a good place or uh, Las Vegas. You never know. You never know. Um, <clears throat> another quarterback news, uh, Deshaun Watson let everybody know that he still wants to be traded. And then everybody let Deshaun Watson know that he's got over 20 women that said they sexually assaulted him or that he sexually assaulted them. Um, so I think he needs to hold on to his horses and, uh, sniff the smelling salts. Cause Watson, you're not really in a place to, uh, talk right now. So, uh, I'll say he shouldn't be, uh, calling the shots as it stands right now. No, and from what I'm, what I saw was that his hearings aren't going to be taking place till 2022. So I'm curious to see how that plays out for him. Maybe if he gets put on the commissioner exempt list for the year, um, or I mean, if if he just gets cut, or I, I'm not sure what's going to happen at this point. I I know there's still a few teams. I think the Raiders, Washington. I feel like there's somebody else. If there, there's a few teams out there that are interested in him still to this point. Uh, so maybe they'll go and make a move for him in case Rogers ends up getting snatched up um, beforehand. So just something to kind of monitor. I do think if Watson goes to another team, he still may not play. So I still wouldn't take a risk uh, drafting him personally in fantasy. Uh, but, you know, you do what your heart tells you to do. Um, and the last bit of news which was making waves all over the place today, uh, has to do with Julio Jones. So the last we'd heard about Julio Jones before today was that he wanted to go to the Patriots. Interesting choice. I personally am a huge fan of this decision, uh, but from a fantasy perspective, it's, you know, he could do worse technically, but it's not the best place for him. Um, But today, a bombshell dropped on the Undisputed show on FS1 uh, with uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. And as we all know, Skip Bayless is a massive Cowboy fan. He was on a tirade about how Julio wanted to go to the Cowboys because he was in the Dallas airport with a Cowboys hoodie on. Um, And Shannon Sharp decided he wanted to prove him wrong and call up Julio. And um, I'm going to go ahead and play the clip for you guys right now of what that conversation sounded like. So here you go. Yeah, all right. Julio. Hold on, hold on. Put your 
I got you. This is your favorite uncle. What's going on, bro? Man, nothing much. Got to go meet up with my brother. What's happening with you? Man, look, you want to go to the Cowboys, Julio, or you want to stay in Atlanta? Oh man, nah, I'm out of there, man. You He's out? out. Of He's out of there. Oh, Are you going to? Ideally, where would you like to go? Um, uh, right now I'm just. See, I want to win. Okay. Yeah. We don't go to Dallas. If you go to, you ain't winning in Dallas, Julio. Nah, I, you already, I, man. Listen, come on, man. You already know. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can you remind him no, we're on television? Ask right? him why we wore the Dallas. Listen, sure. listen. You know how people is, man, with all that going right. on with the, the picture. Yeah. yeah. And all that stuff like that. Okay. Man, I ain't never been on that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's good enough. Yeah. Julio, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for calling me back. We on air, but I appreciate you calling me, dog. You know I know my nephew was gonna pick up. Oh yeah, nah, nah, yeah. I ain't I ain't going I ain't going to Dallas, man. I never thought about going to Dallas. Okay, I appreciate that, bro. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, as you can tell, one, Julio wants to go to a winning team. Two, Julio does not want to go to the Cowboys and will not be going to the Cowboys. And three, he is 100% done with the Falcons, according to himself. So, Brandon, when you saw this clip or heard this clip, what were your first reactions? My first reaction was... That uh, Julio is at that point in his career that he doesn't care who hears what he has to officially say. Um, this man, he's he's done it all outside of you know won the Super Bowl, um, and uh, he's obviously made it clear that he he just wants to win. He's basically a uh, ring chasing, as some call it. Um, don't know if he'll necessarily be ring chasing on Dallas, which is uh, why he uh, said screw Dallas um, in the previous clip, basically. And um, this is from a fantasy perspective, it's uh, huge for uh, a lot of people. Um, Matt Ryan's production, maybe could go up, could go down. Kyle Pitts season is here up in the tight end boards, which uh, we'll get to next uh next episode and then calvin ridley that man as they say to the moon to with the moon. like bitcoin and doge right there um and julio um he's it, it's t it's tough to know where you want to rank him right now i mean i'd still i'd still put him in the top 20 um as you'll see he is in my top 20 but until we know where he'll end up um, I, I don't know. It's yet to be seen. Um, again, I heard reports that Patriots, uh, of course the Raiders, Gruden likes everybody that's a big name, and especially if they're older, that becomes available. Mm -hmm. So he'll always, uh, take a look at that. And, uh, yeah, this was, uh, crazy how it went down. And I think everyone kind of knew that at some point Julio may not, uh, be with the Falcons anymore. I think they tried... There was talks of trading him at the deadline this past season. Uh, didn't happen. But um, it's uh, it's big, shocking news. And um, whatever team gets him, it should be good for him. It's just if Julio will uh, stay healthy is a big question, I think. Yeah, I think as long as he goes to a contender, I think he'll be useful in fantasy. Uh, I agree that he's going to be a top 20 um, regardless where he goes. But I think obviously going to a... Contender or winning organization is going to do. It's going to be the best thing for him. 
Um, I think it's going to kind of revitalize him and and uh, give him some fuel, uh, put a little chip on his shoulder and make him want to perform a little bit better. Uh, hopefully he just stays healthy, like you were just talking about. Apparently the Falcons want a first-round pick for him. My advice to the Falcons organization is if you wanted a first-round pick, you should trade him before the draft, not wait till everybody drafted what they needed and then say you're going to trade him. But that's just one man's opinion. I don't get paid to you know run their organization. Uh, and they are going to save money by trading them after June 1st, so I understand that part of it. So I would look to a big trade happening next week sometime. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, traded off pretty quick, and honestly, Rodgers may get traded off pretty quick too, just depending how that situation goes. So next week's going to potentially be a pretty big week in the NFL. Just kind of stay tuned to that. But... That's about all the news that there was. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's get cracking on to the top 20 fantasy receivers this upcoming season. PPR, as always. Um, Brandon, I'll go ahead and let you go first. All righty. <clears throat> Starting me off, number one. Um, I I don't think it says you may be unanimous as Mahomes or quarterback or CMC with running back. But um, I got Devontae Adams. With the asterisk next to it, of course, uh, correlates next to Rogers. If Rogers is there, I think he's 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 got one of the greatest shots to be the number one fantasy receiver. Literally last year, I think he had a touchdown every single game. Um, I mean, that's obviously huge for fantasy. The guy was constantly getting at least like ten catches. Um, going over a hundred multiple times. He he's just and obviously he's like the only person really there that can catch. Their next biggest is probably Robert Tunyon. Um, but yeah, Devontae Adams. He's he's made a name for himself through the years, and I think he will uh, has the best chance with Rodgers being number one. If he doesn't have Rodgers, I'd still put him in top five, probably still top three. But I don't know if I would keep him at number one. Okay. Um, well, we already have a difference. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I have Tyree Kills my number one. I think uh, the speed demon Cheetah himself is uh, someone not to be messed with. I think with Mahomes, the, it's the most potent duo in the NFL currently. And I'm I have an asterisk next to Adams, but I'm telling you, I I'm ninety three percent sure that Rogers was out of the building. Uh, which in that situation, I went ahead and ranked accordingly and moved Adams down. Even if Rogers stays, I would probably just put Adams one spot higher than I've got him. But I, I would still go with Tyreek number one just because his versatility in that offense, he's going to be used and he rarely gets hurt, uh, knock on wood, where Adams has has some injury problems in the past. And... With the Aaron Jones uh, contract extension, they may try to balance out the offense a little bit more instead of making it so pass-heavy. Um, so, had Adams moved down a little bit because of that, but not too far. So Interesting, interesting. All right, well, number two, I have the wife-beater, horrible man himself, guy who is not a team player, did not take a pay cut, for his team to try to make more moves in the offseason, and that is Tyreek Hill himself. Um, 
I hate the guy personally from a uh, Raider perspective, Raider fan perspective, and uh, a personal guy. He just does not seem like a very nice guy. But in fantasy, he is a swell guy to have. Um, of course, as Ryan mentioned, Mahomes and Tyreek is probably the number one uh, receiver quarterback duo. Um, with Tyreek being able to just outrun everybody and Mahomes being able to outthrow everybody, it makes for a great combination. Um, Tyreek's he 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 can run deep, he can do the slant, and he's great with after the catch. Of course, again, speed helps, and um, as long as he doesn't get hurt, like Ryan said, um, he's going to finish top three in fantasy, and um, he does have a shot to be number one. So I won't uh, I won't blame Ryan for putting him number one, but yeah, oh, I'm done talking about that guy. <laughs> that jerk. Um, okay, number two. Uh, this was a decision I made after today's news. Um, number two, I've got Calvin Ridley. Uh, I I just. Calvin really is a monster. Um, we saw him last year perform with Julio. Without Julio, it didn't matter. It wasn't a juju situation where he lacks a little bit because he doesn't have a pure number one, the opposite of him. Calvin is a pure number one. And he's got Kyle Pitts to help take some pressure off so he's not just out there bare bones alone. Um, just for some context, last year he had 143 targets. 90 catches, over 1,300 yards, and nine touchdowns. Pretty great. And then you're accounting for the fact that Julio is gone. And Julio had 68 targets, 51 catches, 771, and three touchdowns. I mean, even if you give him a fraction of that, he's immediately the number one receiver. Just a fraction. He doesn't even need a big chunk of that. He uh, ended the season... In the top five, and that was with him stepping into the role, Julio coming back, being the true number one, and kind of going back and forth, back and forth. And I think now that Julio will be gone, the Falcons are super committed to Matt Ryan. They brought in Kyle Pitts. They have a decent running game, but not one that they're going to be relying on day in and day out. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a stud, and that's why I've got him at number two. All right. All right. Number three, I have Stephon Diggs. Um, man's coming off his greatest season yet. Um, the greatest receiving season last year in terms of yardage. Um, and I think he had either one or two most catches. 127 catches for 1,535 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, I, I think he's going to be top three. He... There shouldn't be any reason why he wouldn't. Yeah, they got Emmanuel Sanders, but I think that's going to help Stefan in the long run, knowing that Sanders uh, will take a little bit of pressure off of him. They can't just maybe double-team Stefan. And uh, the Bills still didn't get a run game. They still only got Singletary and Zach Moss, and I'm sure they'll probably try to fit that in there more, but I see the Bills as kind of a weaker Chiefs offense, as in, you know, Josh Allen is not as good as Mahomes, but um, they're fairly similar, and uh, Diggs is a great possession guy, and he's, he can get you uh, some yardage, and 
he'll get you borderline double digit touchdowns. And so I I still think he's gonna I don't know if he'll be as good as last year, but I still think over a hundred catches, probably over twelve, thirteen hundred yards and at least six or seven touchdowns, I'd say. So that's why I got him at number three. Okay. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um three. <clears throat> I've got Devontae Adams. Um, like I said, I'd moved him down a little bit. Uh, obviously, he was the number one fantasy receiver last year, and he is as reliable as they come, uh, always making red zone catches, why, why he had double-digit touchdowns. Uh, well, except for the Tampa Bay playoff game. He dropped a couple, but neither here nor there. I think, like I said earlier, I think Rodgers is out of the building, and um, even if Rodgers does come back, Adams would maybe go to number two. Um, but I think with his injury history, um, he rarely finishes a year without getting hurt. And the discontent between Rodgers and the organization, and then it, obviously if Rodgers leaves, then their quarterback situation is just atrocious. I, you know, I don't care how good Adams is. Blake Bortles is throwing you the ball. It's, it's not a good situation. And Jordan Love is hey, clearly no, not ready. Jordan Love. He's not ready. <laughs> Which is why they brought in the Bortman. So I think Adams is going to be top five, regardless who the quarterback is. But personally, I would draft him cautiously because if Rodgers is not going to be there, I would rather have one of these other guys in the top five just because I have more guaranteed production. Because it does take two to tangle, tango, tangle, whatever the expression. You know, you know the thing. Go, you know the, you know the thing. No matter what, he's going to be good. But Mahomes and Hill, you know what you're going to have. Matt Ryan, Ridley, you know what you're going to have. Josh Allen, Diggs, you know what you're going to have. Uh, Jordan Love and Adams, you don't. Blake Bortles and <laughs> Adams, you don't. So if Rogers in there, draft cautiously. Uh, if Rogers is there, take him as a stud. You know he's going to perform. If you like him higher, that's all you. He's going to be great either way. All right, yeah, that's that's true. Um, as as I mentioned, I did have Devonte number one for me. Uh, that is assuming Rogers is there. As I said, if Rogers isn't, I'd probably drop him down to two or three for me. So um, that that's how it fell for me. Ryan did it, assuming that Rogers probably won't be there. Also, um, so yeah, again, draft cautiously with him. Mm-hmm. At number four, I got Calvin Ridley. Um, I'm not going to move him up too high. Before the trade, I did have him at number five, um, and I think he I think he could easily be in the top three. Um, just by curiosity, Ryan, what did you have Ridley at before the uh, Julio news? Uh, I had him at uh, number five before the Julio news, and then I bumped him all the way up to two. All right. Um, Ryan is very excited about it. Um, and messages he was he, he came up with the uh, Ridley to the moon. So, um, but Ridley will do excellent. He's going to do excellent whether Julio is there or not there. Um, at this point, Julio's not going to be there. He even said that he doesn't want to be there. Um, so, Ridley, he, he's going to be a top five receiver. Like I said, he could push top three. Um, I just want to, I just want to see it more. I just want to see a little bit more, um, what, what he can do, knowing that he will be number one. 
knowing that they don't have to worry about anything else. They do have Kyle Pitts, who is basically a hybrid receiver as well. Um, and I think Mike Davis is going to be good. They'll have to watch out for him. So, um, Ridley, I think, will definitely put up probably similar numbers, if not better. Um, but, yeah, I think I think he's a good, uh, easy top five um, where you want to place him. Outside, probably not number one, but between two and five, I think you couldn't go wrong with uh, placing him anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number four, I've got Stefan Diggs. And um, I don't have much to add from what you were saying earlier about him. Diggs is obviously a monster. Um, and he went to a situation where he uh, graduated from the arm of Kirk Cousins to the cannon of Josh Allen. And uh, clearly we saw what that can do for him. <clears throat> and he's only going to get better. The rapport is only going to get stronger. Diggs is very difficult to cover. And I don't see a lot of situations where he's going to struggle. Maybe against New England. But other than that, I got nothing for you. And that's only because Gilmore's there. Um but Josh Allen seems to be playing better and better and better against them. So <clears throat> I think really it's just the ceiling on Diggs is getting even higher as we go year by year uh, with him being on the Bills. And uh, I think he's an easy top five receiver this year. Definitely, definitely. For number five, I got uh, who before last year I, I was saying he was the number one receiver, and I think he has been for a while. Um, but Mr. DeAndre Hopkins, he is, it's fitting that he went to the Cardinals because, uh, last year they had probably the two best, uh, hands in the league when it came to catching a football between him and Larry Legend. Um, sadly, Larry is, uh, retiring and, uh, that's a heck of a career for him. But, uh, for Hopkins, I think personally for me, it's hard to put him not in the top five. Um. With Larry retiring, the his shares are gonna have to go around, and some will go to Christian Kirk. Um, I'm sure some will go to like Andy Isabella, but DeAndre's the huge is a big guy there. Um, he makes all the catches that you can ask for. He can outbody any cornerback basically, and um, still with they don't have a dominant run game. They have Chase Edmonds who. Will probably be good for him, but as of right now, probably not too many teams are really game planning to really go after him. So I think it's tough to put Hawkins higher than five, but I think it's tough not to put him in the top five, at least for me. And um, he's always he's always getting good yardage, and he's uh, finding the end zone every year. I mean, he's coming off another he's coming off another good year. 115 catches, 1,400 yards, and six touchdowns. Six is kind of low, but the yards and catches is where he's going to get it for you. And so, um, yeah, uh, that's uh, who I got at my number five. Yeah, great choice. Uh, I also have Hopkins at number five. And just everything you just said, I mean, he's just, he's great. Best hands in the league for sure. Um, and, you know, I think he proved that all the years in Houston when he played with a bunch of nobodies and Deshaun. Um, who potentially could be a nobody, depending if he's guilty or not. And uh, but here, here I want to ask you this one: Hopkins is trying his damnness to get Julio to come to Arizona. If Julio goes to Arizona, how does that affect your rankings of Hopkins? 
That would... It probably, for me, drop Hopkins. Mm-hmm. A little, may, maybe, to sit between six and eight. Yeah. Um, that, personally, for me. Because um, I still think he'll put up great numbers, especially, again, if I'm taking into account Julio, I'm taking into account that he's probably not going to play a full year. I, I think probably Max, at this point in his career, is 12 games a year. Um, and so I still think Hopkins would be a top 10. Um, for me, it'd probably move Julio up a little bit from where I currently have him, which uh, I, we, we will uh, get to later. Um, I'd probably move him up a little bit, but I don't think it'd be a drastic change for either one of them. No, nothing like Hawkins, have Hopkins at five. I wouldn't drop him down to like 12 or something if Julio came. Right. Um, but uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I agree completely. I think uh, <clears throat> no matter who's there with Hopkins, he's going to get his for sure. Um, even if Julio is there, it may be a situation kind of like it was this past year where uh, Julio got a little over 700 yards and a, and a few touchdowns and Ridley got a bulk of everything. And it, and it may be the same situation where Julio gets, you know, maybe 7,000 yards, could even hit 1,000. It's very possible. He's never been a big touchdown guy anyways. So he could just soak up some yards and then Hopkins still gets all the red zone work. So I don't think it affects him too terribly bad. I would drop him out of my top five, um, maybe to six or seven. But I mean, it's nothing too, nothing too dramatic, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who do you got for six? Number six, I got the lone receiver in Tennessee, A.J. Brown. Um I think even though obviously they are a obvious run first team with a uh, Henry, um, I think it showed last year that AJ Brown put up great numbers. And that was even with the crazy year that Corey Davis had. I mean, I'll tell you that I never expected Corey Davis to do what he did last year, but he uh, finally showed out to be a first round pick for him. And, um, you know, good for him. He got his money. Went to the Jets, sadly for his life, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, he AJ Brown uh, had 106 or 106 targets, 70 catches, a little over a thousand yards, and double digit touchdowns. Um, I think it's going to be more this year. Obviously, Davis's uh, stats are going to have to go somewhere. Um, I'm not too sure who the other receivers are for him. But, I mean, A.J. Brown's the number one that, plus Josh Reynolds, and yeah. So Josh Reynolds is his biggest competition. Um, whoa, 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 so I whoa, whoa. They got Chester Rogers. Okay, okay, yep, touche. <laughs> All right, so uh, number six, I've actually got D.K. Metcalf. Oh. Old Donkey Kong himself. This man... He's fast, he's strong, and he, to be frank, scares the living shit out of me. <laughs> if I saw him anywhere, I would be terrified because the man is a mammoth. All right, and, Ryan, quick question. Um, yeah. <laughs> if he comes up and uh, slaps your wife's butt in the street, yep. what are you doing? I uh, tell my wife good luck. <laughs> and I run for my life. <laughs> Because I am not messing with him. Uh, I mean, we saw we saw how he tracked down. <laughs> was it was it against the Cardinals? Yeah, Buda Baker. 
He checked on Buda Baker and caught up with him. My God. <laughs> he he or, definitely remembered how to take an angle. Um, <laughs> geez. I mean, and not to mention, he did that. Uh, uh, he went to go compete with all those Olympic runners. He didn't qualify, but he still kept up pace for a majority of that race. Yeah, These are guys that his... that's all they do. <laughs> right. For being the size that he is, he... He kept up with professional Olympic runners. I mean, that's insane. Right, exactly. Uh, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And the man's got hands for days. And, you know, I think at this point, he's definitely kind of phased Tyler Lockett out a little bit. Tyler Lockett for the back half of last year was not great. A lot of ty- Tyler Lockett owners will know that. And um, DK's numbers kept improving and they kept going up as targets yards everything was improving and i think it's only going to get better personally especially as his rapport with wilson continues to grow and right. um honestly i he has the potential to be a top five this year um but obviously the five guys above him are all well proven studs and deserve to be where they're at but dk metcalf is he's coming for his spot 100 percent. he's uh he's chasing it down like he did buddha that's like he did buddha uh, all right. Well, I I do like that, um, but still don't have them for number seven for me. Number seven, I got the second Justin rookie last year, the guy who came second offensive rookie of the year, and his very own nickname that I just came up with, the Gritty Goblin, Justin Jefferson. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <sighs> okay. Wonderful nickname. I know, I know you like it, so yeah, I expect to hear it every time. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Justin, he outperformed any expectations that the Vikings or fantasy owners had. Um, sadly, as a former Justin Jefferson owner, I dropped him the week before he had his first big game, which was like 150 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. And I missed out on the rest of the season for him. I just didn't hold him long enough. But uh, obviously this year, there's not going to be a case where you get him in the mid-rounds because that would be foolish. People will now realize Justin Jefferson is going to be a monster. He, um, even though that there is Thielen, for me, I kind of feel like it is similar to DK and Tyler. Um, DK is probably the number one receiver with uh, Lockett, uh, number two at this point. For me, I feel the same with uh, Jefferson. I think Kirk likes him a little bit more, um, and Thielen is kind of pushed back, um, and I think that Jefferson will uh, put up another good year. Um, Don't know if he'll be as good as last year, but I I definitely think that he will have another solid uh, top 10 fantasy receiver uh, season. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you completely. I just think it's um, he's just so good, and that's why I've also got Just Jefferson there, uh, number seven. He is everything they could have wanted in a replacement for Diggs and more. Um, he's healthy. He's fast. He's a great deep threat. Great hands. He can his route running is exceptional, and he got on the same page with Kirk pretty quickly, um, especially for a receiver coming into the NFL. Receiver is one of the harder positions to get adjusted to moving from college and he did it masterfully i think it's only 
going to get better for him. Sky's the limit. And uh, yeah, that's why I've got him at seven also. All right. All right. Is, uh, that may be our first agreement. <laughs> yeah. There. For the receivers. Yeah, for sure. It only took us until seven. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. I got uh, your boy Donkey Kong. Ooh. Donkey Kong Metcalf right there. Um, as you were saying earlier, he's kind of pushed himself into the number one receiver part in Seattle with Tyler uh, taking the step back. Um, Russ definitely prioritizes going to DK because DK's got the speed. Um, and Russ just kind of throws it up there, hoping that DK can come down with it. And um, as as we've mentioned in the quarterback portion, uh, we know that Wilson is the first half MVP and then second half just goes downhill. So if that continues, you would probably see more production from Metcalf in the first part, in the first half of the season. Um, and hopefully he can keep that up in the second half whenever Russ more than likely takes his dip. But um, no matter what, he's going to be um, top 10 receiver and I think wherever you put him, probably between six and eight, six and nine, is a uh, good ranking for him. It's just uh, how you perceive him and how you uh, like him. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, that's spot on. Um, <clears throat> I've got with my uh, number eight. That's where I've got AJ Brown. Um, I like all the things you said about Brown. Obviously, he's extremely talented. The targets are going to be coming his way with the number two and number three guy out of the town. But my only worry is he's really the only thing there now. And then and there's Derrick Henry. It's just those two. And I think that there's going to be games where they're going to either completely shut out the run or they're going to completely shut out the pass. Or conversely, the Titans are only going to focus on one of those two things. On top of that, I'm not the biggest fan of Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, he can perform. He's had some very clutch moments, some really big games. But I don't like him over the season-long aspect. So I think A.J. Brown is a really good top 10 pick, 100%. But um, I do like all the guys ahead of him for the reasons that I know they're going to get their production every day um, or every week. And um, I just... I like consistency. I don't like having to worry about stuff. So, uh, AJ Brown, number eight for me. I respect it. I respect it. Number nine, I have the self-proclaimed best receiver in the AFC West, Keenan Allen. Um, you uh, take that as you will. Um, in my fancy rankings, he definitely wasn't the best, as I he was not number one. So, therefore, he was not the best. But... He's coming in at number two in the AFC West and at number nine on my list. Um, he's, I mean, Keenan Allen, he is, every year he's a good, liable uh, option whenever he's healthy. Um, injuries have been uh, a thing for him in the past that uh, obviously has hurt his production. He, uh, um, but I mean, whenever he does play, I mean, last year, 147 targets, exactly 100 catches, and he was eight yards off from 1,000 with eight touchdowns. Um, and that was with, I think, one or two games without having Justin Herbert um, before Herbert came in. 
And I think uh, having an off season with Herbert, Herbert uh, getting his freshman year out of the way, knowing that he's a uh, that he uh, he's the guy there for sure. Um, I think Keenan will definitely help him. And they lost Hunter Henry, of course. So those catches will go mixture between Guyton, Mike Williams, and uh, Keenan. And um, I think it's kind of tough to leave him out of the top ten, just because I think. As long as he's healthy, he's going to have a uh, pretty good and solid year. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, number nine, that's actually where I've got uh, Julio Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, still got him as the top 10 receiver. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, got him as the top 10 receiver um, to my surprise as well. And I think a lot of it is stemming from... Um, I I really just think when he gets to wherever he's going to be going, I think outside of Arizona, he's going to be the number one target. And I think that they're going to want to force feed him the ball, similar to what Hopkins experienced when he went to Arizona. I also think he's going to have that chip on his shoulder. So he's going to want to outperform, especially what he did last year. And I, I think he's really at this point wanting to win <clears throat> the Super Bowl, I mean, he's been to one before, but after the horrendous mistakes that they made, uh, 28 and 3, I think he really wants to kind of redeem himself in that fashion, and he wants to show what he can be outside of the Falcons organization. Um, I think that that's not something to be underestimated, and I think he's uh, ultimately going to... Um, outperform a lot of people's projections honestly and so yeah that's why i've got him uh, sitting there at number nine all right well as uh we saw last last episode with uh nick chubb me and ryan had a big difference there this mm-hmm. is probably going to be our uh big difference for the receiver one as i do not have julio uh up there <laughs> um but for number 10 i have scary terry Mr. Terry McLaurin. Um, I think him being obviously the number one receiver there, and now with Fist Magic, who the guy just likes to chuck it on down there and uh, hope for the best. Um, Fist Magic is an upgrade from Alex Smith or Tyler Heineke, and um, I think Scary Terry is a great receiver. Um, probably two or three in the NFC East. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I mean, he, he put up a good season last year with uh, the quarterback fiascos going on. And I think that um, with the off season of Fitzmagic, who, as I mentioned, he likes to just throw the ball and hope for the best, he's going to be good. 87 catches, 1,100 yards, and only four touchdowns last year. Uh, so touchdowns is low, but I think – you can expect that the co to go up a little bit um, with this magic. So that's why I got him uh, at number 10. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> number 10, I've got Mike Evans. Uh, I think um, Mike Evans and, and Brady hit it off really well uh, last year. I think the longer the season went on, they just only got better and better together. I think even with all the weapons that are currently there in Tampa, Mike is still, the preferred target of Tom, especially in the end zone, especially on the deep threats. And Tom's still got an arm and he can still make those throws. Um, sometimes he overthrows them, (laughs) 
But uh, I think Mike is definitely the number one weapon down there in that prolific offense. They're going to try to, uh, as the Kansas City fans would say, run it back. And um, I think I, I just think he's he's in for a really good year. He did really good last year. I was super impressed. And um, I'm interested to see what they're what they're able to accomplish. But yeah, I got Mike Evans uh, cracking out the top ten. Number, you know what? You know what? I've been going first. You you start us off with this uh, next one. Oh, if you're oh, oh man, what a guy! Look, uh, chivalrous. Um, so I've got coming in at number eleven. I've got Scary Terry. Um, yeah. barely missed out on my top ten. Uh, and to no fault of his own, it's just there's a lot of good receivers in the league. Uh, I like everything that you said about him, though. Uh, Terry is a monster. Uh, on the field and mixed now with Fitzmagic, who uh, rain, shine, snow, losing, winning, doesn't matter. He is going to chuck that ball as far as he can and hope that it makes it. And <laughs> I think for the most part, Terry is going to be on the receiving end of, uh, of most of those. I, I think that Terry is fast enough and has got great hands that he's going to be able to uh, bail uh, Fitz out of a lot of those poor throws. I think he's going to come up with a lot of clutch catches, just like he has been um, in in his uh, previous tenure. And I, I honestly, I think he's just got a really good year going ahead of him. And it would not shock me at all to see him going in the top ten. All right, yeah, I'm, I like it there. Um, let's see here for number eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what we're at. We're at number eleven. I have the other Tampa Bay receiver. I have Chris Godwin. Oh, yeah. Um, I personally really like Chris Godwin. Um, I know that he hasn't played a full year um, since 2018, and he only even started five of those games. Um, But last year, in the 12 games that he did play, he had 65 catches, 840, and seven touchdowns. Um, So I, I think that he, you know, you add four more games to that and he's over a thousand and right around 10 touchdowns with you know 80 to 85 catches i think that's a solid season um i will say though that i don't think either one of the tampa bay receivers is like much better than the other um okay for me my preference is just chris godwin but i definitely if like Ryan, he he put uh, Mike Evans before Godwin and um, made good cases, and you know I I like that as well. So um, it's just my preference. I think Godwin will have a good year, um, better year than last year, as long as uh, he's healthy and uh, yeah. So let's uh, see I have for my number eleven. Okay, um, <clears throat> at uh, number twelve, I've got Allen Robinson. Ooh, yeah. I think uh, Alan Robinson is about to change his tune about uh, the Windy City. I think uh, that he's about to experience bliss with uh, the Ohio State quarterback, Justin Fields. I think Fields, it's unfortunate for him that he came from Ohio State uh, due to their track record in the NFL. But I think if anyone's going to break that curse, that it will be Justin Fields. And I think Allen Robinson's production with Fields is going to be pretty dang good. Um, the rest of the receiving core is okay. Um, and obviously we know they got a good running back. But 
you know, when it's all said and done, Allen Robinson is a heck of a player. We've seen what he's been able to do with lackluster talent, you know, with uh, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Sorry, he, he's lackluster. And, um, you know, I think putting him with a competent quarterback, especially one that can uh, make a lot of people miss, kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson. And I think that's really going to uh, propel him to a top 15 receiver and perhaps even a top 10, just depending on how the offense goes. But yeah, Allen Robinson, number 12. Okay. Okay. Number 12 for me. That's, um, that's where I got Julio. Um, I, I thought that would be probably our biggest difference, but, um, I think actually Mike Evans probably will be. Um, but for Julio, as you mentioned earlier, um, he is borderline <laughs> top 10. Um, you had him, uh, I believe, 9. I have him mm-hmm. at 12. And um, I think that he will um, be good. He's going to be good no matter where he goes. Um, again, we don't know where he's going to go right now. But as you said, as long as it's not to, like, you know, Green Bay or... Um, uh, Cardinals, he's going to be the number one target, and um, a couple other teams. But he's he, he's going to eat wherever he uh, goes, and um, I think that um, pushing top ten, have him a couple spots out of it. But if you want to put him inside there, I think that's uh, respectable as well. He's definitely uh, he's definitely got it in him still. I think as long as uh, the health stays there, and yeah, so that's what I got for number twelve. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree on all those points. Um, <clears throat> 13, I have <laughs> the man, the legend, Keenan Allen. Um, as you said, the self-proclaimed best receiver. He is, um, it's, it's kind of an interesting situation because I think that, um, I think he's got a lot of potential, especially with Justin Herbert coming into his own. But, um, I think that there are a lot of weapons still there, uh, in, Almost says San Diego in LA. Eckler's back. Uh, you know, Hunter Henry is gone, so I think that will benefit him. But we just don't know how this offense is going to run and how they're going to direct it with the new coaching staff. Um, so I was kind of a little more cautious with my ranking of him. If he has anywhere close to uh, the same kind of production that he had last year, I think he's easily a top 10 receiver. Um, but like I said, I was kind of more, uh, um, safe with my prediction with Keenan Allen, just because I'm not entirely sure. And plus he's had, uh, an injury history too. So that's something to kind of watch out for. But I think if him and, uh, Herbert, uh, perform well, especially early on and Keenan Allen's going to be a top 10 and possibly even a top five receiver. All right. For number 13 for me, and this is, this is, this is going to, Shock some people, I think, but you'll have to hear me out. I got Michael Thomas. Now, that's pretty shocking <laughs> because there is, as we know, no Breeze. And one of his two choices, it's between Taysom and Jameis. And as we mentioned last time, for running backs with Kamara, neither one of them are anything to write home about. They uh, may compete against. Trubisky for the next NVP on Nickelodeon, but that may go as far as what they compete for as trophies. But for Michael Thomas, I think he is still 
the uh, slant boy that he is, as people call him. He is still a great possession guy. He's going to come back healthy, and he's going to get still all the targets. Emmanuel Sanders is no longer there, um, so that opens it up a little bit more for him. And um, Jared Cook is also not there. He is, I actually forgot to mention that, he's uh, in L.A. for the Chargers. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Michael Thomas will still be getting a bunch of targets, and I think that... As we know in the past, even if you don't have a great team, somebody somebody has to get the target. Someone has to get receptions. And I think it's obviously going to be Michael. And um not saying that he's going to put up what he did like the past two, three years ago um, when he was number one fantasy receiver, obviously, because I don't even have him in my top ten. <laughs> but um, as long as he can stay healthy... I think he's going to get his fair share of targets and um, with his, he has really solid hands. He's going to turn those into the catches and um, he's going to be a good red zone uh, option as well. So that's why I got him at number 13. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Um, <clears throat> I've got a uh, Michael Thomas sitting at 14. So we're, yeah, so we are not that far off whatsoever. Um, it's a lot of what you just said. I think it's, uh, you know, obviously he was hurt last year. So that's a big reason for almost all of that. Um, but the year before, the year that Breeze got hurt, and you look at um, his stats with Teddy Bridgewater, he did perfectly fine. In fact, more than fine, as he was the number one receiver in fantasy. Um, now, he does have to deal with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Now, Jameis Winston did get his, his eyes fixed, so that's good. But, um, you know, they're obviously different calibers of quarterbacks. I'm hoping uh, that Thomas fully healthy with a Taysom or Jameis who know they're going to be starting moving forward. They're going to have a much better rapport. They're going to do much better on the field. The game planning is going to be fixated to um, more of what they're accustomed to and what fits their skill set better. And that way it's not just these quarterbacks running Drew Brees' offense. That being said... Um, Michael Thomas's route running is bar none one of the best in the in the game right now. His hands are fantastic. He's got speed. He's got quickness. I mean, he's he just jumps off the line. So I think that um, as long as he can return to his form before he got hurt, and as long as Sean Payton can uh, create an offense that uses him wisely while also matching the skill set of whatever quarterback they go with. I think he's going to be fine. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see him come back to that top five form, but it wouldn't really escape me to say that he's going to be in the top 10 at some point, um, especially if they can get everything figured out. And if anyone can get it figured out, it would be Sean Payton. Um, but uh, yeah, Michael Thomas, I think uh, if you can get him for a bargain, definitely grab him. Uh, maybe just convince the rest of your league that uh, he's not going to be good because the injury and look at who his quarterbacks are and and try to convince him that way. But at the end of the day, Michael Thomas is a pure talent and he's been good with and without Breeze. And so there's no reason to think that he would not still perform uh, no matter who the starting quarterback is. Absolutely. He's a talented guy and he's going to try to make it back up there into the top 10. So mm-hmm. awesome. I'm glad that uh, I didn't seem too crazy. 
for number 14 for me, that's where I got Allen Robinson. Um, I have, I probably would have put him a little bit higher. Um, it's just, as it stands right now, with the Bears committing to Andy Dalton, um, I just don't like it. As, you know, like last year with uh, Amari Cooper and CD, um, they, they took hits with Andy, as anybody would, with him as their quarterback. Um, I think Robinson, I guess you could put an asterisk next to him because as soon as they put in fields, I think it's going to be a big game changer um, for Robinson, and he will start going up and probably having better uh, weeks. Um, may have to fight through kind of the rookie struggles for the rookie quarterback, um, but Robinson is obviously the number one guy there. Uh, they have an all right supporting cast, Anthony Miller, Darnell, Money Mooney, but um, I, obviously Robinson is the big guy there, and he's literally a big guy, so he can go up and grab the ball, and he'll be a big red zone threat. And um, so, like I said, um, I got him at fourteen. He he will, I, I'd put him num- higher up, um, between eleven and thirteen, so up a few spots maybe. If uh, Fields was for sure starting day one, but as it sits right now with Andy Dalton, not knowing when they'll uh, make the change, uh, that's why I got him at fourteen. Nice, nice, yeah, that's a that's that's a good spot for him. Not too far from where I had him at twelve, so um, I think we've got a pretty good opinion there. Uh, this one, I think, uh, is gonna be a little shocking. Um, at number fifteen, I've got DJ Shark. Okay, um, I know it's very high. A lot higher than a lot of uh, experts have him at. But hear me out for a second. DJ Shark had little to nothing to work with last year as the Jaguars went on to win a whopping one game. Um, nobody performed well. No quarterback. Um, the coaching staff. I mean, just everything was abysmal. Shark was the lone bright spot in that offense. And I think now that they've added uh, Marvin Jones to the team, they've got Philip Dorsett also. They still have uh, LaVisca Chenault. Um, I think that's going to help clear some space up for him. Kind of like how Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay worked out um, in Detroit. I think it's going to be very similar down in Jacksonville. But the piece of the resistance, Trevor Lawrence, old T-Law. Yeah, dude. We've talked about it before. I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. I want him on the Patriots. Bill didn't want to tank. Whatever. I'm not salty. But the man is one of the greatest college quarterbacks we've ever seen. And um, as we said, too, he was the highest graded quarterback coming into the draft since Andrew Luck. And he's just that kind of pure talent. Um, He's got the confidence. He's been a winner ever since he's stepped onto the field as a kid and I, I don't think it's going to be any different here in Jacksonville. The division's not that strong um, outside of Tennessee. And, and honestly, they've got games where they're kind of questionable. Um, Indianapolis is, I think they're a little overrated. I think they're going to um, not be as great with Carson Wentz leading uh, the team, but that's just my opinion. Um, and the fact that they've also got a stud running back room, um, I, I really think that that offense is going to complement Chark in the way that 
he doesn't have to worry about all of the attention being focused on him. They really came in and made sure, okay, Sharks are number one guy. We need to give him a supporting cast. And the fact that he's still super young and uh, obviously Trevor Lawrence being a rookie, I think they're going to hook up early. They're going to hook up often. And um, I really think there's going to be sparks flying in Jacksonville. All right. You know, um, I do I do like that uh, pick. Um, I don't know if I'd put him that high, but I, I definitely see what you're going with, and I, I, I do see the potential there. So I like yeah. it. I like it. For number 15, I have the man who, outside of Tyree Kill, I probably hate the second most in the league, and that is Amari Cooper. For the guy who just never wanted to be an Oakland Raider, ever. Um, with Dak coming back healthy, um, I think it's, I mean, it, it's going to help the entire offense and uh, predominantly the receivers. Uh, Cooper being the number one guy there will see the most targets, obviously. Um, I think that. Even though he does have butterfingers, um, he's still he's still going to make some good catches. He's still going to be able to beat some coverage, and um, I think that he will be the number one receiver at the end of the year for his team. I know there's a couple other guys there, um, but I think as we mentioned with Zeke, they're they're not what they were before with how they just run the ball they're definitely going to be more of a pass happy offense and i um i just believe that cooper is going to be at the helm of the receiving end of dax balls so um (laughs) yeah that's why i got cooper at number 15 wow okay all right um (laughs) 16 i've got uh i've actually got adam Thielen. um you know, I think Thielen is, uh, <clears throat> he's the Robin to Justin Jefferson's Batman. Uh, I think he's, um, just like he was really good when Diggs was there, I think he's still going to be really good this year. Um, he's kind of the, uh, he's kind of like Julian Edelman, but bigger, stronger, and can uh, go deep too. <clears throat> and I think he is going to get a lot of targets, as he has been. I don't think nothing uh, nothing's really going to change from that perspective. Jefferson's going to get a few more targets, um, and Thielen's will probably go down a little bit, but nothing severe. And I think Thielen is a sure bet um, for you know at least five to eight, five to eight catches a game probably. Um, and I think he's a sure one thousand yard receiver this year. Kirk Cousins loves throwing the ball to him, even games where the run script is uh, very heavy. And I think uh, you know with his Slots that he runs, um, not to mention his goal or his red zone presence. I think he's going to be a pretty big factor this year. So that's why I've got him at 16. All righty. Um, 16, I got Robert Woods. Um, I got him for 16 because obviously having a better quarterback in Matt Stafford who can actually throw the ball deep and just throw the ball in general accurately is always good for any receiver for that team. Um, and I think Robert Woods is going to be the, uh, it's another similar situation as it is in Dallas. Um, you got two guys who 
could be on a lot of teams number ones. Um, Dallas for Cooper and CD, and for LA Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Um, I just think that Cooper Cup is the slot guy. Um, you know, cross the middle, safe, safe, uh, safe throw for Stafford. But Stafford, he likes to go deep. He likes he 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 doesn't have a strong arm for no reason. And Robert Woods, I think, will be at the receiving end for the majority of those. Um, I just think that entire offense is going to be better with Matt Stafford leading the way. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, having Sean McVay as a great offensive-minded coach, it's never a bad thing. Um, and Robert Woods put up a solid year last year. Um, both of the guys did, actually. So, I mean, and that was with Jared Goff, let's remind. Um, 90 catches, 930 yards, and six touchdowns. So, improving your quarterback, theoretically, you would say that stats would be better. So, I'd predict at least 90 catches again, 1,000 yards, and closer to double-digit touchdowns. And um, for that, I think he's a a good uh, number 16 on my list. Yeah, oh, I agree completely. Um, Yeah, Woods Woods is fantastic. He's gonna have a great year. Um, <clears throat> number 17, I have your favorite receiver of all time, Amari Cooper. Amari <laughs> uh, Cooper, before Dak went down last year, was the number three fantasy receiver. Um, obviously, he still has the skills. He's got the speed. Um, occasionally, he runs into a wall, but he, he usually makes up for it. And he even tried his damnness to uh, perform well whenever Andy Dalton was throwing the ball. Clearly, it didn't pan out very well, um, but he tried. And, uh, you know, he does drop passes here and there, but he's still a huge deep threat. And with Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb also being on the field at the same time, he's getting single covered sometimes. um, And that's just a huge mistake because that man will just burn through them. So uh, I look... I look to him to be another uh, mainstay in the Dallas offense. I think um, he'll be the best receiver on the offense stat-wise, um, and I think uh, I think they're all going to get their share, and I think they're all going to perform uh, pretty pretty good this year uh, overall. Uh, so I've got Amari at seventeen. Alrighty, um, yeah, absolutely hate the guy, <laughs> uh, but sadly have to uh, rank him. Yeah, for number eighteen. This is uh, probably my first big quote-unquote shocker. I have DJ Moore, and they they uh, they have a new quarterback in town um, named Sam Darnold. Oh. They have a returning running back named Christian McCaffrey, and I really like DJ Moore, um, and I got him at 18 because I think it's, gonna, it's, it's still going to be a McCaffrey show. Is they're gonna that offense is gonna go through him whether it's passing or running, and uh, they also have Robbie Anderson there on the other side. But DJ Moore is a really good player, um, and I mean you you can debate whether you say that Teddy Bridgewater is better or worse than Sam Darnold. Um, honestly, to me, they're I'd say they're roughly around the same. May, maybe more upside with Darnold, um, but with last year. DJ Moore had 66 catches, just under 1,200 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, that's a solid, a solid year. Um, and I think this year with Sam Darnold um, and with McCaffrey, of course, McCaffrey is going to 
the defense is going to game plan around him, leaving it's either going to be Moore or Robbie Anderson open. And I think with Moore being kind of, I think, the safer option, I think Darnold will look to him more often. And so I think that he's going to get the more uh, targets. And um, so, yeah, that's I mean, that's why I got him at 18 for me. Nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> very, very nice. Uh, you mean 17? Or are we on 18? Oh, so yeah, here's the funny thing. We're on 17. I, we were on we're... 17, and I yeah. went all the way down to 18. Oh, my gosh. So, well, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, your 17 while you're at it? <laughs> all right. At number 17, I got the other Tampa Bay receiver. Uh, a little out of line, uh, but um, we're, we're, getting, we're getting back there. Yeah. Um, Mike Evans uh, for number 17. Um, that's, uh, it's a big difference from Ryan. But I I like Michael Mike Evans, and um, I think he's gonna have a good year. Honestly, he could be higher. And if it was a matter of like, I I would have put him above Amari Cooper. Um, and he very well could be. Uh, again, Buccaneers. It's a loaded offense. Same thing with like Dallas. They got two receivers that could be easily number ones on any other team, pretty much. And so, um, uh, I think everyone's going to get their share of targets. They still don't have uh, the most profound run game. Um, it's definitely more of a passing offense. And um, those two guys, Godwin and Evans, are going to be uh, the top receivers, top pass catchers for that team. Um, even with the returning uh, O.J. Howard and, um, you know, Gronk coming back, Cameron Brait, A.B., um, I think you just can't go wrong with either one of those guys. Um, again, my preference is uh, Godwin, but I don't think you can go wrong with Mike Evans either. Um, but, yeah, uh, 17 is where I have him placed. Nice, nice. Good uh, good back-to-back receivers there. <clears throat> Um, my 18, uh, I've got CD lamb, um, another Cowboys receiver. I think it's, it's, it's going to be an amazing offense. I think everybody wants a piece of it. Um, and, uh, I think they're going to have two, possibly 3000 yard receivers. I think Dak is easily going to eclipse 4,000, possibly even 5,000 yards. And honestly, I want every piece of that, that I can the top two being <clears throat> Cooper and lamb. And even though I've got Cooper one spot ahead of Lamb, I'm not going to lie. I think I'd almost rather have Lamb just for the fact that Cooper will get hurt at some point, as he always does. And at that point, Lamb's really going to take it up a notch. So um, either one of them is going to be good, um, but definitely uh, <clears throat> get a piece in the Cowboys offense. It's going to be worth it. Oh, yeah. Brandon, why don't you go ahead and do number 19? All right. Number 19, Mr. C.D. Lamb. Um, same thing as you just mentioned, he's, he's going to have a great year. The entire receiving offense is going to be great. And Dak is going to be a phenomenal fantasy quarterback this year, barring injuries. And, um, yeah, I think you hit it on the head whenever you said that CD could be the more preferred receiver. Um, Obviously, defenses look more at Amari. Uh, he's, you know, he's been a bigger name longer, and you know, he he's he's had his uh, stats out there, and 
everyone knows what he can do. Um, not saying that teams are going to forget about C.D. Lamb, but they're not. They may not focus as much on him as Cooper. And as Ryan said, uh, Cooper gets injured. Um, he's always out a game or two, or gets injured and will leave for a half. You know, whatever the case is. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. Even though I don't like the guy, don't wish injuries on anyone. Um, but if you were a betting man, and fantasy is a lot of betting on things. You'd say that Cooper's going to get hurt, and for like that reason, CeeDee Lamb could be more preferred. Um, but yeah, I, it's going to be a high-flying offense. Everyone's going to get a piece of the cake, and uh, I think that's why I fit both of the Cowboy guys in there and CeeDee Lamb at number 19. Nice, nice. Um, my 19, I got Robert Woods. Um, I think you, you cleared up a lot of it uh, earlier, but uh, Robert Woods, Matthew Stafford, I think it's just a match made in heaven. I think Robert Woods is looking at a season where he'll get close to, if not get past 1,000. I do think he'll have close to double-digit touchdowns. Um, I think him and Cooper Cup are both going to thrive. I don't think um, either one's necessarily going to eclipse the other in a major way, uh, but I would rather have Woods in this situation. Woods has been proven uh, proven that he can hold up better than cup can and just his his ability to route run um and his going down the field going getting deep his vertical game is fantastic stafford's definitely going to take advantage of that and um and i know i've referenced this a couple times now but it's very similar to galladay and marvin jones and i really do think that um in this situation woods would be the galladay Cup would be the Marvin Jones. You're great with either one of them, but Woods is definitely going to uh, give you the better production throughout the fantasy season, I think. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. And here we are, folks. Our last one, number 20, uh, is actually a guy that Ryan just mentioned, and it is definitely not Marvin Jones. It is Kenny Galladay. Oh. I... Really like Kenny Galladay. Um, he is in, I think, a, dec- a good place for him. Um, quarterback is more of a drop-off than it is Stafford. But once again, he's going to be the prime guy. I know the Giants just took uh, Kadarius Tony with their first-round pick. Um, that's fine. They have Evan Ingram. Um, eh, not a huge fan of him. He drops way too much, and he gets injured every year. Um, but Kenny Galladay is a great receiver. Um, I think he can be a quote-unquote maybe sleeper for some people. Uh, they may not be as high on him because, you know, Saquon's coming back. They just took a receiver. It is a downgrade in quarterback from Daniel Jones. But as we mentioned, um, kind of like with, like, you know, Michael Thomas, uh, you so someone has to get the catches, and it's going to be Kenny Galladay. Galladay's a big guy. He'll go up there and grab it. Another red zone threat. Um, yeah, sure, it's probably going to be that offense will probably run through Barkley, but I think Galladay is going to be a uh, safe guy to get most of the catches um, from Daniel Jones if he doesn't decide to run and start tripping over his own feet like he did last year. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, Kenny for me is my number twenty, and could be a, a nice pick for later on in the draft for people. 
Very nice. Very nice. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm about to rock your world with my number 20. Number 20, we've got Jamar Chase for the Cincinnati Ooh, Bengals. I do like it. I do like it. Um, look, it's pretty simple. Jamar Chase is going to the Bengals. Yes, I understand that they have other weapons there. I'm not ignorant to that. But let's look at the facts. Who did Jamar Chase play with in college at LSU? It's the quarterback that he just went to, Joe Burrow. They had a heck of a year together when they won that title at LSU. One of the greatest college seasons for any team. And obviously one of the greatest college performances uh, from a quarterback. And uh, Jamar Chase was a huge part of that. I don't think anything's going to change. I think he's going to come to the NFL. He's immediately going to be the number one receiver on the Bengals. Um, I hate to say it, but the other guys, you're going down a peg because Chase is here, and that is Burrow's best friend. And I I think he's going to be fantastic. Um, I don't know what kind of numbers he's going to have. It is kind of a crowded offense, but their defense is suspect at best, and I think they're going to be playing catch-up in a lot of games. And as long as Burrow is healthy and, and good out there on the field, Chase is going to have a heck of a year. I really like that. I, if there was a top 25, he would have made it. Um, I, I was debating on who I was going to put at 20. Um, and for me, Galladay just beat it, but Chase probably would have been 21 or 22 for me. Um, so um, you're not rocking this world too much right now, Ryan. Sorry. Dang it. <sighs> All right. Hey, I know that's your dream is to rock Brandon's world. I rocked it with DJ Chark, though, didn't I? That, that one you did. I, I, I did like him. Again, probably he would have been in the top twenty-five. Um, rocked it with maybe how high you had him, but hey, I, I respect it. It's a good possibility. Hey, it's a dangerous game we play here in fantasy land, but uh, I'm here to Absolutely. win. Absolutely, and I win often. <laughs> and you gotta well, go big if you want to win. Yeah, go big or go home, which is where I am currently. But, you know, hey, I'm a multitasker. <laughs> um, but, guys, that's our top 20 for the day. Um, that's our receivers for PPR. As you can tell, there's some differences. There's some similarities. Um, once again, at the end of the day, it's all about preference. It's about who you like. Um, you know, you don't have to take everything we say as gospel. But... Um, that's just our opinions going into the season based off of stats we've seen, acquisitions, transitions, and transactions. So, But that's it for the show today. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. And tell a friend while you're at it. Get them in here. Or not, you know, if you want that competitive advantage. Um, but as always, thank you guys for listening in. We really appreciate it. This is something that... Uh, we really like to do, and um, you know, it's just kind of a hobby at this point for us. But we appreciate everybody that tunes in. Uh, Brandon, you got anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, um, we really appreciate everyone listening. Uh, hope you guys uh, come back for our next episode, and we will be talking about our uh, top ten tight ends, and we're also going to include top five kickers and defenses into that, and that will be rounding out our. Uh, early season preseason uh rankings for uh our players here absolutely so that's, and that's hopefully some juicy one. news comes up about some trades Ooh, that that'd be wonderful that'd be great <laughs> always, always is whenever there's some uh oh some prima donna holding out 
in the in the league, Aaron Rodgers. But as always, guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you later. 